This is the Clean Soul Podcast, and I'm Dennis Curtis. Today's podcast is titled, The Breath of God. I want to talk about Holy Spirit, explore who He is. I'm going to use Holy Spirit as a proper name, vice referring to Him passively as the Holy Spirit. I want to provide a short exploratory look from the Scriptures to understand who He is. Not so much what he, what he does, because that would take me a long time. But I want to look at the person of the Holy Spirit. It might be easy to think of Him as an influence or an impersonal spiritual power, but the Bible is very clear. He is a person. Matthew three sixteen and 17. As soon as Jesus was baptized, He went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming upon him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. 1 Peter 1 verse 2 According to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through the sanctifying work of the Spirit, to be obedient to Jesus Christ and sprinkled with his blood. These verses speak of the Trinity. This is somewhat of a mystery. God is three persons in one. They're in complete unity. We have the Heavenly Father, our Heavenly Father, Jesus Christ, who is the Word of God, and God become a man, and also Holy Spirit, God the Spirit. We see types of the Trinity all around us. For example, in space, we have height, depth, and length. In time, we have past, present, and future. In matter, we have solid, liquid, and gas. And even in us, human beings, we are spirit, soul, and we live in a body, making up one person. Now, I don't think anything can match the Trinity of God, but we see three parts all over creation making one. Genesis 1, 1 through 3. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. The, God, the word God here is translated from the Hebrew word Elohim. Elohim is the plural of Eloah. The Hebrew word for spirit in this verse is ruach. Ruach means breath. God breathes out, forms words with his mouth, and we have creation. Psalms 33, 6 says, By the word of the Lord the heavens were made, their starry hosts by the breath of his mouth. Now let's read Genesis 2, 7. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. You see, God breathed his spirit into this flesh, and the man became a spirit, soul, and body. To get to know who Holy Spirit is, let's look at some of Holy Spirit's attributes. We can see from the verses above that he is uh, a partner in the creation. Holy Spirit has a will. He decides 
and he acts upon his decisions. In the book of Acts, chapter 13, verse 2, it says, While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So here we have the Holy Spirit making a decision. He decides to send Paul and Barnabas into the mission field. And as you know, that was the a most amazing mission field. It spread the gospel all over that whole area, and eventually it came to the whole world, what Paul and Barnabas started there. 1 Corinthians twelve eleven, speaking of the gifts or manifestations of the Spirit, it says, all of these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. So the gifts of faith, prophecy, distinguishing of spirits, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, also the office of apostle, prophet, teacher, pastor, evangelist, all these are the decision and the work of the Holy Spirit, and he distributes them and gives them as he desires. Holy Spirit is gentle, loving, and kind. He does not usurp our authority or our decisions. We can do, we have a free will. We can do whatever we want, but we will reap those consequences. We can lie to the Holy Spirit. We can stop him from working in our life. We can, you know, stiff arm him and say, no, I don't want you anymore. He never forces us to do anything. We have the privilege of joining him in his work if we will submit to him, because he is holy, and he is just, and he knows what needs to be done, and he's not going to be stopped by us. He'll just, if we reject him, he'll set us aside. Sure, he'll love us, he'll try and draw us back, but he's going to get the work done that he needs to get done. As we join him and allow him room in our life, and authority in our life, we will see what the Bible calls the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5.22 defines this for us. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And that's what we can expect from Holy Spirit. These are His attributes. These are who He is. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. This is who He is. And as we allow Him to work in our lives, and we have an intimate relationship with Him, and are obedient to Him, these fruits, these characteristics are going to come out in our life. Let's see what Jesus says in John 16, 12 through 14, speaking of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. Holy Spirit is truth. He guides those who will listen to him. He guides us in truth and into truth. He will tell us what the future is. And one of the most important things I can say here is that he will glorify Jesus. 
Now, if you see people who are uh, saying that they are spiritual and that they're speaking God's Word, if the Holy Spirit and the works of the Holy Spirit in their lives is not glorifying Jesus Christ of Nazareth, then we know it's not the true Holy Spirit working, because that is one of the functions of Holy Spirit. He desires, and He has come to glorify Jesus. Holy Spirit has emotions. Ephesians 4.30 And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. So we can grieve the Holy Spirit. He can be grieved because of our disobedience, because we push Him away, because we are not paying attention to Him. Luke 10.21, at the same time, Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit, said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. So we see here that joy comes from the Holy Spirit. So we can grieve him. He can be sad and he can be, he is joyful. He is joy. And we can receive that joy from the Holy Spirit as we are intimate with him and we let him work in our lives. You know, in this world, there's going to be tough times, but as we cling to God, as we pay attention to the Holy Spirit, even through the tough times, we can have hope for the future. We can have hope for healing. We can have hope for salvation. And that comes through the ministry of the Holy Spirit and, of course, the Word of God, the Bible, that we have. As I mentioned before, we can lie to the Holy Spirit In the book of Acts, chapter 5, verse 3, Peter is talking to Ananias. Ananias went out with his wife's full knowledge, and he sold some land. He came, and he said, this is all the money that I got from the land, and I'm giving it to the church. But in secret, he held some back. This is what Peter says about that. He says, then Peter said, Ananias How is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit? Folks, Holy Spirit lives inside of us. If you will, he's integrated together with our spirit. He has become one with our spirit. Wow, that blows me away right there to think that we are one with the Holy Spirit. But nothing is hidden from him. He knows all of our thoughts. He knows our mind. He knows our heart. We can grieve him when we turn away from him, when we stiff arm him. We can lie to him. We can stop his working in our lives. Crazy, but that's the way it is. So it takes a submissive, humble heart to listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying and do what he is asking us to do. And hear what he's saying so that we can proclaim what he's saying. 1 Thessalonians 5, 19 through 22. Do not quench the spirit. Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good. Reject every kind of evil. Close quote. Here we learn that we can stop what Holy Spirit is doing. It's linked to prophecy. Prophecy is when the Holy Spirit is speaking through a person. Remember, the rhema word of God is prophecy. So if 
God is talking, the Holy Spirit is talking at a certain time with a certain word, like a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge or an encouragement, but he's saying it at that time, rhema word, then that is a prophecy. Now, we can speak the word of God from the Bible. The Bible is called the logos, the written word. We can speak that, and there is power in speaking God's Word. But when we hear the Holy Spirit say something specific for that specific time, that is what prophecy is. Now, people can say they are prophesying, and they're not. So instead of treating prophecy with contempt, we are to test those words against God's Word, and we are to know in our heart if it is a rhema word from God. And the Lord tells us very clearly that we are to to desire to prophesy and that we should have a good relationship with the Lord in order to do that. I remember one time I was in Aberdeen, Scotland. This was back in 1984. I was going to an assembly of God there in Aberdeen. It had nothing to do with the American Assembly of God. And there was an older gentleman who uh, regularly preached there, and he would prophesy from time to time. And I wanted to prophesy at that time. I remember going up to him and saying, you know, I feel like God is telling me to say things sometimes. And he looked at me and he says, if you feel like God is telling you to say something, don't say it. Wait until you know that God is saying it before you speak a word of prophecy. And that has always held true with me. If I'm not hearing the rhema word of God, I'm not going to speak as if being a prophecy. So much more to that, but let's push on here. Just as we are not to treat communion, the taking of the body and the blood of Christ, the bread and the wine, with disrespect, it's the same with the work of the Holy Spirit. We're not supposed to speak disrespectfully of the Holy Spirit. Matthew 12, 24 through 32 explains what blasphemy of Holy Spirit is. Here's the background. Jesus was driving out demons or evil spirits from people, establishing that the kingdom of God and the power of God is greater than the powers of evil and darkness. It's the same with Moses. When Moses came to Egypt, he went to the Pharaoh and told the Pharaoh, let my people go. The Pharaoh said, I'm not going to do it. So Moses, at the command of God, threw down his staff. That staff turned into a snake. So the Egyptian king or emperor, uh, um, Pharaoh at that time, he told his sorcerers, can you do the same? They threw down their staffs and out came snakes. But then Moses' snake swallowed up the other snakes. And as time went on, the miracles that Moses performed under the hand of God showed that God was sovereign even over the gods of Egypt. And that's exactly what Jesus was doing in this Hebrew culture. He was casting out the demons, which their culture were not. That Nobody was casting out demons out of people. Only Jesus had that power. So let's read Matthew 12, 24 through 32. I might skip a couple of verses in there to get the context here. So uh, let's start at uh, verse 25. Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, 
Every kingdom divided against itself will be ruined, and every city or household divided against itself will not stand. If Satan drives out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then can his kingdom stand? And if I drive out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your people drive them out? So then, they will be your judges." But if it is by the Spirit of God that I drive out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Let me skip down to verse 31. And so I tell you, Jesus is speaking here, and so I tell you, every kind of sin and slander can be forgiven, but blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven. Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but anyone who speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven, either in this age or in the age to come. The context here is that Jesus was casting out demons by the power of the Holy Spirit, and certain people were saying, it is by the power of Satan that you're casting out these demons. This calls for us to know our Bible and know how God works, understand how He does His work in human life and in this earth. Don't forget what happened to Ananias and his wife Sapphira. When they lied to the Holy Spirit, they died. As I roll through His attributes and characteristics, remember He is a loving Spirit, and He is living inside the born-again Christian. You have instant access to Him, day and night, good times and rough times. He is always available to you for guidance and counsel. John fourteen fifteen through 17 Jesus is speaking here. He says, If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and He will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of Truth. The world cannot accept him, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. But for the people that have not been born again, the Holy Spirit speaks and works in a little bit different ways. Let's look at that at John 16, verse 8 through 11. Jesus is speaking about the Holy Spirit here, and he says, quote, And when he comes... He will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment, concerning sin because they do not believe in me, and concerning righteousness because I go to the Father, and you will see me no longer, concerning judgment because the ruler of this world stands judged. Holy Spirit is a person. He makes decisions. He acts on those decisions. We can have an intimate relationship with him because he lives inside of us. He has emotions. He can be hurt, uh, sad, grieved. He's gentle, loving. We can have the fruit of his spirit. He's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control, and so on. He provides gifts of prophecy and words of wisdom and words of knowledge and distinguishing of spirits, and he makes uh, um, the office of apostle and prophet and teacher. He gives us guidance. He prophesies through us, and so much more. Who is he? He is the breath of God. 
the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us. What a blessing. Jesus said it was better for him to leave because if Jesus didn't leave, the Holy Spirit wouldn't come. He said it's better that the Holy Spirit is here, and that's because the Holy Spirit, the very presence and power and authority and love of God is inside of us. And as we are humble and obedient to him, we can have the life of God flowing through us, even in times that are very tough. This has been the Clean Soul Podcast with Dennis Curtis. If you have questions or comments, feel free to reach out to me at thecleansoul.org.